0: Okay, I'm gonna try not to do that this time. I'm getting the trying to reconnect thing. I'm not on Wi-Fi. Uh, okay, all right. I think we're good. Anytime I get that, I'll just stop talking because it's not recording when I do that. So, um, what's up, everyone? Happy Sunday. Uh, it's happy, happy Sun Sunday for some people. That's for sure. Go Chiefs. Uh, for those of you who are football fans, I hope your team um, did well this weekend. Uh, I know that. I know that ours did. I don't really follow uh, Mizzou much anymore, but they destroyed whatever that Southern Missouri—I don't know—Southeast Semo team. They crushed them, and then Chiefs had a pretty good game. I had a heck of a time even getting to where I could watch the game. Freaking CBS up here was showing bull riding instead of the NFL game, so that's awesome. I don't know how anyone lands on that decision as something that's going to draw more viewers, but you know they—they can do whatever they want. I ended up listening to the second quarter that was really, really exciting, and then I was able to get where I could watch it after halftime, and literally nothing happened in halftime. It was like a soccer game or something, but uh, either way, 2-0, it's pretty sweet. We'll see how we do against, I think we're playing Baltimore next weekend, but anyway, go Chiefs. Uh, So, yeah, so this is my, I'm going to give a recap on the Democrat debate uh, round three that happened last Thursday. Um, not a super exciting debate in terms of, you know, the overall outcome. I don't think it moved the needle a whole lot for many people. Um, and it didn't really have any of like big boosting moments. It did have some moments, like there are some kind of viral clips that came away from it, but I don't think any of them are the kind that boost someone's campaign. What I mean by that is that, so Kamala Harris had a big moment in the first round of debates when she kind of went after Joe Biden on the topic of busing, and that really boosted her campaign, even though I think it was kind of disingenuous, but, you know, it accomplished what she wanted it to accomplish. Like, she she went up afterwards. And then Tulsi Gabbard had a similar one where she looked really good whenever she just totally guillotined Kamala Harris in the second round of debates, and that was kind of the big moment from that round of the debates was Tulsi Gabbard just totally just ruining Kamala Harris Um, but there was no moments like that during this round of debates. Like there were some viral ones, but there's none that I think really are going to boost anyone. Um, they're just kind of clickable, like, whoa, someone said that, or this thing happened. We'll cover some of those. But I think for the most part, no one really shifted in the upward direction as a result of some, you know, really great clip that came out of this debate. Um, but if you, if you disagree, let me know. Uh, by the way, I want to, I want, I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, so, some, just kind of recap some of the things I was looking for going into this debate. Um, so, first off, I wanted to know if they were going to talk about climate change much at all after that big CNN town hall. Um, they didn't really discuss it all that much, which doesn't really surprise me, but I was just wondering if, you know, they were going to, because some of them had some kind of more radical ideas during that town hall, and I was wondering if they are going to have their feet held to the fire. That didn't really happen. Uh, I wanted to know how radical the gun control proposals were going to be, especially coming on the tail end of, you know, El Paso and Dayton and I think Midland, right? Midland um, uh, shooting in, uh, in Texas that, yeah, I just wondered like, you know, are they going to bring this up? And if so, like how um, radical are those ideas going to be? That didn't disappoint for sure. I wanted to know if Biden was going to look good or if he was going to continue to fall apart. Because one thing I've noticed is, you know, a lot of people said at the beginning is Joe Biden is a gaffe machine. All he does is make all these gaffes. Um, And, you know, I I just wonder at what point does the gaffes cross over into, no, this guy's almost 80. These aren't gaffes. He's just legitimately slipping mentally. Um, And so I wondered if, like, he was going to hit that threshold of people going... Is he really still electable because he's saying things that don't really make sense? Because he's, he's had those moments out of the campaign trail, um, but they just don't get a lot of coverage. And we'll kind of dive into why that is. But I wanted to know if he looked sharp or if he'd continue to fall apart. Uh, I think he actually looked pretty all right. He had a couple moments that were just absolutely Grandpa Joe saying something silly. But for the most part, I think he actually did all right. Um, and the last thing is I wanted to know how things were going to be framed. Uh, so, again, to kind of recap, just a, a theory I have, something I've noticed is that um, after the last round of debates, CNN, you know, at the very beginning, everyone was looking forward to uh, the Kamala Harris-Joe Biden rematch. And at the very beginning, uh, CNN lofted Biden kind of a softball on healthcare, contrasted with Kamala Harris's policy, which was still very much kind of like no one really knows what she thinks and it's always changing. But regardless, it was a question frame to make Biden look good and Harris not look so good and put her on the defensive by giving him the opportunity to kind of strike first blood, so to speak, in that debate because a clash was inevitable. And I said, well, this kind of looks like they're running the same playbook they did in 16 when they noticed like, look, we've got a candidate who supports um, what what seems to be a more moderate wing of the party and then we have a candidate because it basically came down to Hillary and Bernie pretty quickly. Martin O'Malley was in for like five seconds. And actually, I think he was a decent guy. Um, but he wasn't in for very long. And it was very obvious the establishment was working for Hillary and against Bernie. And But what I mean by working for is in propping her up, supporting her. Um, and that came out in the emails that got leaked out from the DNC. Uh, she got questions leaked to her before debates. Um... On top of that, like, they were scheduling debates at times when no one watches things. Uh, so things like that. And so I was wondering, like, are, is the establishment going to run that same playbook and try to prop up the, you know, the more electable or more moderate candidate um, and try to do whatever they can to undercut the credibility of, you know, what they perceive as a less electable candidate or candidates in this case that represent the more um, radical wing of the party. And that happened. That happened this time too. Um, at the very beginning, so I'd said George Stephanopoulos, who is kind of the main moderator for the debate. He used to work for Clinton way back, like Bill Clinton back in the day. Um, he's a pretty good proxy for the Democratic establishment. And again, at the very beginning, he lobs Biden a softball on health care and basically says, "Hey, can you just you know we want to we already know that your health care proposal is much better than these guys's." Um, because theirs is impossible and yours is very reasonable, but can we just, we're going to give you 10 to 20 minutes to explain why they don't know what they're talking about. Um, obviously I'm exaggerating, but that was kind of what it boiled down to was explain why this is unreasonable or is this not doable? And they just let him run with it. And Biden got to sit there and kind of pick at Sanders, pick at Warren, mostly Warren, I think he did a good job of strategically, um, going after Warren instead of Sanders. um, But they did the same thing. They kind of lobbed that softball in there that I think was intended or at least had the result of making Biden look good, look reasonable, look like the one who they should support or who the voters should support. And Sanders and Warren look unreasonable and again, kind of put them on the defensive. Um, So as of right now, I'm sticking with my theory that the establishment is very much um, supporting Joe Biden or at least what he represents, which is electability and, you know, a moderate position. Because I think they know at the end of the day that if Warren or Sanders got the nomination, I just don't think either of them would win in a general. I just don't. And I think they know that. And they knew it in 16, which is why they're working against Sanders. And I think they know that now uh, as well. So we'll see. Um, but that's kind of how it started. So I'll go through um, and just kind of talk about the different candidates, how they did, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I divided up as the, the meh and the good and the bad. Um, and there's a 538 did a pre-debate uh, poll and a post-debate poll that kind of gives us some information, at least on the immediate after effects of the debate. Now, you know, this is just one poll and it was like right afterwards and right before. So these things could change. And there are some places where I agree with it and some places where I'm like, yeah, I don't know if this is actually that significant. Um, but if you agree or disagree, if you have a candidate you like, um, Or hate whatever yeah go ahead and let me know Um, but we'll we'll go ahead and get started so first off the the meh and these are the people that didn't have a great night but didn't have a bad night but the problem is is that most of these folks and actually most of the people on stage generally needed to have a really good night Um, especially those that are polling in the you know the one or you know one to four percent range needed to have a good night you know it's kind of like if you have a really bad grade in a class and you have like this assignment coming up and you need to get like a 98% on it and instead you get an 80 it's like well 80% still good that's still a B right but it wasn't good enough to get you to where you got that passing grade and so I think a lot of these people kind of got that meh you know got that 75 that C plus B minus grade but not enough to raise their average and Cory Booker is one of them um, a couple highlights I'll say from his performance first off he was the only person who even vaguely alluded to inner city gun violence whenever they're talking about gun, um, just gun violence and gun crime generally, and that's often left out of the conversation. And so, I mean, I applaud him for doing that. Again, it was pretty short, pretty brief, but it's a necessary component. Anyone that's watched any of my other videos on um, the topic of gun violence knows that the the data support that is, you know, the kind of the main thing that needs to be discussed and he at least brought it up, so good for him for doing that. Um, the other thing is that he actually seemed pretty authentic. He seemed pretty chill. Most times he comes off as really scripted, really inauthentic, and whether it was during the debate or in the you know kind of post-debate interview, he, I think, came off pretty just relaxed. And so that was another thing that worked in his favor, and he saw a slight bump based on that 538, but again, I don't think it's gonna be enough um, to salvage his campaign. Um, also, after after the debates, uh, he talked to CNN and kind of voiced some support for an attack against Joe Biden that took place during the debate. We'll get to that, uh, which I think that that's going to hurt him as well. So I would say Cory Booker is pretty much out uh, because he just didn't have the night that he needed to. Um, but he did come across more likable and more authentic. So good for him for doing that. Uh, the other one, Pete Buttigieg, had a pretty meh kind of night. Uh, he started off okay. And then it went downhill, and then he ended pretty all right. So I'll kind of go through the those three stages for him. At the very beginning, whenever they're talking about uh, healthcare stuff, he he kind of threw it his hat in the ring with Biden and said, in in contrast with Warren and Harris, and he said, you know, I trust the American people to make their own decisions. You know, I'm not going to make that for them. I think that we can trust the people. I thought that was a really good line. Um, it made him seem really calm and made it seemed like, again, it made Warren and Sanders not look so good because it made it seem like they weren't trusting the American people. So I thought that was a really good moment for him. Um, however, he had a really bad moment in the middle. I thought whenever he was asked, uh, basically the question was, are people who support Donald Trump racist? And he said something to the effect of, yeah, anyone that supports this president is supporting racism. And I was really blown away by that answer, mostly because Hillary Clinton said something really similar in the 2016 campaign when she made that kind of basket of deplorables comment, and it didn't go over well for her. It totally uh, alienated a huge portion of the country against her, and I just couldn't believe that he would echo that same sentiment um, after how poorly that went for Clinton. And then he kind of muttered something in Spanish afterwards as well, so it just wasn't a good look for him. And he's one who is objectively really intelligent, but I think that he's just not sure what he has to say or do to kind of get the popularity that he thinks he deserves because of how smart he is. Um, and so I think that was maybe just him making a gamble there, but I don't think it worked out for him. He saw a slight boost um, after this with the 538 thing, but not very much. Um, although again, he did he did end it well. And at the at, there was like a interview after the debates where he said, well, you know, the country isn't good people or bad people. That's not how it's divided. It's like people who want to move forward and people that don't. But it's like, man, you know, I don't know if you're trying to walk back that comment from earlier, but you've already basically said that it's bad people and good people because you said the people that support the current president uh, are supporting racism. And so I just don't think that was a good look for him. Um, So I wouldn't expect him to be around much longer. Maybe. I mean, I think he was sitting at 5% or so going into it. So he might, um, but I don't think that he got where he needed to go with this. He's one who's just kind of had failure to launch this entire time, to be honest, and so I wouldn't expect that to change at all. Um, So another person had kind of a meh kind of night was Kamala Harris. Some people say that she had a bad night. I don't think so. I think that she just kind of did what she did in the second round of debates. And, you know... In her, To her credit, she did a good job crystallizing her health care stance. She gave Bernie credit for where he's brought the country in terms of that Medicare debate. You know, health care is a right or whatever. Um, it's very popular in the Democratic Party. And so she gave him credit. She did have some moments where she articulated things fairly well. But generally, there was one time she kind of laughed at her own joke and looked and seemed really... She made a comment about this small man in the White House. And so, you know, it's like if you're the only one laughing at this, you know, maybe, I don't know, it's kind of weird... little off-putting. And then she also... uh, Oh, she was asked about her record as a prosecutor and and she didn't do a good job defending that record. So I think overall she didn't have a great night. Um, She saw her support slip from that 538 poll as a result uh, as well. So again, I would expect her to probably not be in this thing too much longer because she just didn't have the night that she needed to. Um, Oh, and also, she didn't get as much like it she got well, she got a decent amount of talk time, but it didn't feel like it. Like it's like what did Kamala Harris say during this debate? Like she just wasn't super memorable outside of kind of just laughing at herself. And so that's where I get at where some of these moments that were memorable for people, um, weren't the ones that they needed them to be. Like it was memorable but not in a good way. Uh Bernie Sanders had a mech kind of night, his support went down afterwards as well. Um But the thing is, is Bernie was just Bernie. Like, I wouldn't put it as a bad night for him because he didn't do anything different than he normally does. Um, He was just himself. He articulated the same things he normally does. But, you know, it just wasn't exciting. And it just kind of lent more credibility to the fact that Warren is maybe the the new torchbearer for this message. Um, But again, I would just say it was a meh kind of night because the people that like Bernie, who really like him... Would say, yeah, no, he did good because he didn't do anything different. Um, And but the people that might have been considering uh, him over Warren or something, I don't think that he had the energy uh, or any of the good moments he needed uh, to kind of sway some of those over. In fact, there was actually a a bad moment because one of his big lines from the last debate was, "I wrote the damn bill, right?" And um, there was a moment I think it was Amy Klobuchar who said, "You might have wrote the damn bill, but I read the damn bill, and here's what it does." It takes health insurance from 150 million Americans. And he didn't really have a good answer. He just said, well, 50 million Americans lose their health insurance every year. You know, what's why not triple that? Um, and it just wasn't a good look. So again, his only memorable moments were ones where he was kind of on the defensive, I guess. But I wouldn't say that he had a bad night because he didn't do anything different. It just didn't work the way it normally does for him. Um, but he was just, he was himself. And and I think that he also, he needed to take some shots at Warren, and he just didn't. Same mistake he made in 16, he didn't attack Clinton um, like he needed to. He just said, well, we'll just do our thing, and I think he needed to take some shots at Warren because something's going to give eventually between the two, and the momentum's not in his favor right now, so I don't know what's going to happen there, but it wasn't a great night for him. Um, the other person who I'm putting in the meh category is Elizabeth Warren. So people expected this to be kind of her breakout moment. She's the only candidate who's been climbing in the polls, who's been gaining momentum, um, who is just consistently getting higher and higher in her uh, popularity. And a lot of people were expecting this to be the the night where she was going to kind of break away from the pack, break away from Sanders and leave him in the dust. And she didn't have that either. Um, Again, she didn't have a bad night. She didn't really you know, say anything, you know, overly ridiculous. She didn't, like, it was just kind of, eh, right there. And that's not what people expected. So it could go in the good category because she did continue to increase in popularity a little bit after this, but it just wasn't what people were expecting from her. And so I think because of that, it's caused a little bit of doubt of, oh, is she really the strong candidate that we think? Because I think right now the establishment is saying, are we going to support Elizabeth Warren? Are we going to maybe throw our, our support behind her instead of Biden? Or are we going to pick someone else? Because they're, they're not going to support Sanders, but they're like, well, maybe Warren's a little bit more moderate. So maybe we'll support her. Um, and she just didn't have the, the night that I think she needed to, to get that kind of support, to get the to boost the confidence of those establishment players. Um Another thing that she said that I think kind of flew under the radar a little bit, but during the gun conversation she said, uh, I like registration and reference to gun registration. That's an extraordinarily unpopular position. Um, It didn't really get a lot of attention, but it's there. You know, these things are recorded and there's so much that was talked about. Like that was within this, you know, kind of the same span I think as Beto said, um, his stuff, which we'll get to. So that might've taken the attention away from her, but Supporting gun registration is not a popular position, and so I think that there's a good chance that that will also come back um, and bite her in the butt. But anyway, she did okay. Her support ticked up a little bit. Um, But again, I I think because of what was expected out of her um, and how that's going to hurt the confidence of some folks, then it wasn't the night she needed to have. So the bad, Julian Castro was polling really low um, going into this debate, and he needed to have a moment pretty badly, and For whatever reason, he chose his moment to be an attack on Biden's mental faculties. And here's the deal about that. That actually could be a pretty effective um, line of attack. That can be an effective talking point or position to say this guy's falling apart mentally. But I think he jumped the gun on that. There was some later where he would have had an opportunity to um, say that in a way that would lend it some credibility but he said at the beginning and the transcript showed that no Castro was actually wrong. And he was, you know, cause he said, Biden, you just said this two minutes ago. Are you forgetting? Are you forgetting? And kind of across the board, people said, no, he looks kind of mean. Um, he slipped like the dude already had no support and he lost, um, some of what little he had as a result of this. So I think he's out. Um, Booker showed a little bit of support for it, um, afterwards and said, look, this is a legitimate question. Uh, But the damage is mostly falls on Castro. And there were others who said, no, this was mean and uncalled for. Um, So I think he's going to be just donezo. You know, he already had voiced some unpopular positions during the last round of debates. Um, So I think he's out. Uh, Another one of the bad is going to be Beto O'Rourke. I don't know why he's still in this. I really don't. Um, His platform really does seem like you're a racist, and I'm gonna take your guns, and I, then that's it, the end. Um, vote for me, and I, I'm not even being hyperbolic. Like that—that that is the bulk of what he says. And I don't know, like, who is advising his campaign, but I mean, go for it, man. It's a bold strategy. Um, so he needed—he needed a big moment here, and you know, I, he doesn't have a lot of support, and I guess his. Uh, maybe his strategy in gaining more support was I'm going to piss off a lot of people like on purpose and maybe the amount of people that like that I'm doing that will offset the amount of people I'm pissing off. I don't know. Um, but, you know, kind of this is one of the big clickable moments from the debate was him saying, hell yes, I'm taking your AR-15s. Hell yes, I'm taking your AK-47s. And it's just incredibly unpopular. Like he, like he's not going to win with that. Um, Again, that... Has ver- that would have virtually no impact on gun homicides in the country generally. So not only is it a, a stupid thing to say because of how unpopular it is, it's also just it would do nothing. It would not be effective at all. Um So I I don't I don't know how much longer he's gonna stick around this. Maybe he's looking for a cabinet position or something. But he's toast. He saw a half a percentage uptick in interest in voting for him after that. But yeah, no, he's he's going to be dunzo. also he made the comment that having a secure border um increases death because people are more likely to die when trying to cross the border if it's secure um so that makes sense um i again i i don't know where he gets the things that he says or why he thinks that it'll make him popular but yeah i would say adios beto after this um or beto i don't how can we just talk about the fact that he gets to just decide he has an accent in his name. Like, the dude's name is Robert Francis O'Rourke. You can go by whatever nickname you want. Like, that's fine. Like, oh that's okay. But Bet- Beto, and then it's like, no, 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 Beto. I'm, I need to be called Beto. Like, how does he get an... How do you just decide to get an accent? Like, that is... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, all right, whatever, man. Um He's going to be done. So, the good, Andrew Yang had a good night. Uh, he got a lot more talking time during this round of the debates, and I think it's going to go well for him um, because he sounded good. He sounded likable. He was charismatic. He, you know, he stood out as someone who you could say, like, yeah, you know, I like this guy. Um, I would feel comfortable voting for him. Um, now, he did, he also did a kind of a bold thing where he talked about this freedom dividend. You know, his Main platform position is UBI, and he calls it the Freedom Dividend, and everyone's going to get $1,000 a month, um, free and clear from the government. And he decided that what he's going to do is if you go to his campaign and sign up, he's going to pick 10 people and give them a $1,000 a month for a year, even if he doesn't win the nomination, just so people can see how effective the Freedom Dividend is. And so just a side note on that, the, the positive side, that's bold. He's putting his money where his mouth is. He certainly has the courage of his convictions in that. And you know, bravo for him doing that. That's a that's a hundred grand that he's going to be giving away. It's not clear if that's legal or if that violates some type of um, campaign fund law because he'd be using money from the campaign to do it, presumably. So it seems like that might be illegal. But still, you know, bravo for him doing that. Now I will say, on a policy level, there is a significant difference between him choosing to give hundred thousand dollars of his own money away um out of his own bank account and tax dollars from the u.s government going to millions you know hundreds of millions of people um out of the the tax revenue of the country those are dramatically different things but you know i applaud his kind of tenacity in doing something like that like that's that's bold and he looked good so i was a good night for him he went up in the he went up in the poll numbers as well i'm Quickly losing daylight here, freaking football, so I'm going to try and wrap this up. The last two, I think Klobuchar had a good night. Maybe I'm biased because I think that she represents more of a the moderate wing of the party than Biden does. I think he has the perception of being moderate, the perception of being electable, but I think her policies um, seem to actually represent that. Um, I was wondering if she was going to stick with her guns because she specifically criticized sanders and warren during the last round of debates and she kept that kept that up she was wasn't like harsh in it but she was like look we need to be reasonable you know i'm not trying to appeal the far left or the far right we need to you know appeal to everyone and so i think that i think she did a good job the, a lot of the people afterwards said that she was one of the people who had one of the best nights out there i'm not sure it's going to be enough but Like I had said before, and I will keep saying, I think if Biden falls apart, she's one who, if she's able to capitalize, would have the best shot at taking his support um, because I think that she actually does represent that. And I'm just not sure the people that support Biden are going to coalesce around Warren or Sanders. Um, They are going to be looking for a new home, I think, for the most part. So I think she had a good night. She sounded reasonable, sounded rational. Uh, So we'll see what happens. She only went in at like 1%. Uh, but she did jump up in support by a decent amount. I think it was like almost 2%. She went up in support. So that's that's actually pretty big. Um, but we'll see. I, again, I don't know if it's going to be enough. And then last but not least, I think Biden had a good night. So here's why I say that. Basically, Biden, anything that doesn't look like him just wetting himself and forgetting what his name is on stage is going to be a good night for Biden. Um, he just ha- He can just coast. Uh, He really can, I think. And he came out pretty sharp. They threw him that softball at the beginning. He did a good job of articulating his position. He did a good job in his criticisms against Warren and Sanders. And so I think Biden had a good night overall. Um, You know, honestly, there was a couple moments that were pretty funny that wouldn't be so great for him, except for the fact that he handled them well. I mean, the dude's dentures clearly came out when he was answering a question about guns. And, like, he didn't even blink. He didn't even flinch. I'm serious. He handled it like a pro. You can see him repositioning the dentures, and it doesn't even phase him. He just keeps answering the question. Like, I mean, really what that means is that that's happened, like, enough times that he's really good at doing it, and it doesn't phase him. But still, like, kudos for you doing that, dude. Like, you handled that well. He also had a moment when he talked about leaving the record player on um, so that kids can learn more. <laughs> So they hear more words, so that obviously makes you sound very senile, but you know, outside of those, like he he did all right. Like again, he just kind of needed to not look like he was senile and not look like he doesn't know what his own name is. I think there was one time he addressed Bernie Sanders as the president, um, so that's a little weird. But overall, he had a good night. I think you know his numbers went down a little bit according to that 538 thing, but not very much. And so I think he did what he needed to do in order to stay the front-runner, personally. I think he did a good job um, in doing that. Also, just again as a side note, there was a moderator there f- that was uh, from Univision, and he asked Biden a question, and I thought Biden handled really well, um, about there was 3 million deportations done under oh, the Obama administration, and the guys kept saying, are you willing to say that those were a mistake? And Biden wouldn't do that. And so he did a good job of sticking by Obama's record. He said, I am I stick with him, you know. He was the president. He kind of punted a little bit and was like, well, he can make his decisions, you know, and I'll support him. Um, but he did a good job, which, honestly, I think that it was good that he didn't... Not that it was good, but I was surprised that he didn't attack the, like, the round of... Like, the, that question in and of itself, I think, is absurd. Because what the guy didn't say, the moderator didn't say here is such and such who is deported unjustly. Do you think that was a mistake? That's a different thing. But he just said, you deported three million people. Are you willing to admit that that was a mistake? Like, why would it be a mistake? We don't know the circumstances, why they were deported. And so for it to just be, you know, the default position that any deportations are bad and you have to post hoc justify them, as opposed to saying no, like Obama did this because it was the right thing. Like this is what they decided. Like, show me some cases that are unjust and we can talk about them, but a sovereign nation can do that. Like, I thought it was an absurd question because the guy didn't, he he left no room for any other assumption other than deportations are bad unless you can show otherwise, which is just an absolutely absurd position. And Biden handled that really well. Um, so good for him for handling that well because that was just absolutely nutso to me that that would be even something to be taken seriously. Um, so before I get to the conclusions, here's some things that weren't mentioned. Um, abortion, which I don't know why it was kind of a hot topic in the last two. Um, so I don't know if it wasn't mentioned because they'd already kind of covered that ground or that maybe all of the candidates are in a similar place. Like it's kind of coalesced a little bit in terms of what the positions are. So maybe they all are in the same place. I don't know. I would suspect it'll come up at the next one. Uh, impeachment didn't come up. Um, I'm wondering if that was strategic because you know, it's not very popular. Uh, same with the Mueller report didn't come up. Russian meddling didn't really come up. Um, so I th- I think that they know that those things are unpopular with um, the country and they know that they're gonna alienate people. Um, LGBT issues, Me Too, suicide rates, um, inequality didn't come up. North Korea, red flag laws. So lots of things didn't come up. I was really hoping that they would talk about like just partisan divides generally and what it would look like to bring the country together because of how divided we are. Um, they didn't cover any of that stuff either. It's kind of a bummer. Um, so but anyway, but I think that they'll they'll probably talk about some of those things in October. That's the next that's the next round is gonna be October 15th, so a month from today. Uh, so my conclusion, the needle didn't move much. Uh, Beto, Castro, And Booker are going to be out, I think, pretty soon, I would imagine. Um, Harris and Buttigieg are probably also on the chopping block. But I think they have enough support going into the next round that, you know, I think they're they're inching towards being out. But, you know, I think they're okay for now. But they didn't have a great night. Yang and Klobuchar saw some new life. Um, I don't know if it's going to be enough for either of them uh, also. But, again, we'll see. Um, Biden didn't fall apart. So, again, I think that... You know, I think that he generally the main takeaway is that whether it's Biden or Harris or Sanders or any of them, the needle didn't really move on anyone in a positive way, I don't think, um, outside of the result of some of the candidates losing some support. So people looking at Beto and going, you're crazy. People looking at Castro and going, no, that was kind of mean. People looking at Buttigieg and saying, "Okay, what do you mean? So everyone that supports Trump is a racist. Okay, Um, So I think that those negative things that happen to them will just by default have people that will bleed off and say, well, no, maybe I support this other person instead. But I don't think that any of the upticks for people are a result of, like, positive moments they have, um, or they had. So, anyway, all right, well, I, I feel like I'm, like, telling scary stories in the dark here with, like, a flashlight. Uh, so now I know that I need to start this thing early, even if it's a, uh, if even if the football's on. So you gotta you gotta make sacrifices. So the fourth round is gonna be on October 15th. Uh, it's gonna be CNN and The New York Times is gonna be hosting it. So again, they'll be it'll be pretty indicative of where the establishment is on a lot of these things. Um so I would expect it to be similar, but basically, the needle didn't shift. So you know I think we hit pause on a lot of people. Um, and we'll just kind of see what happens over the next month as a result. I'll probably do I you know, there's something I've been really excited. I've had a freaking outline done for like a week and a half on this, and I just haven't been able to get around to making the video because these debates. So I'll probably do a live stream either tomorrow morning or Tuesday morning over this story that I think is actually really fascinating. Um, so anyway, I'll put all the links to the stuff in the comments. Um, again, if you have any questions or you feel like I missed some stuff, let me know. Shoot me a message, comment on here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at my Mind, um and on YouTube as well. I appreciate any uh, subscription, Subs, subscribers. Um, Once I get to 100, I can have a custom URL, which is pretty cool. Um, So, anyway, that's it. I uh, it's been a spooky night. Spooky night. Beto's gonna come take your guns, but uh, but I think we'll be okay. Um, Anyway, go Chiefs, and I will check you guys next time. Thanks for watching.